Hello, hello, everyone. It's Julia with Novel Finds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. And today we have Sarah Pierce on, author of The Sanatorium and The Retreat. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good, thank you. And just thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Thank you for being on. I have to say, I loved The Retreat so much. I haven't actually read The Sanatorium, but Maggie has. And so she told me all about it. And I was like, oh, well, this is awesome. And then your name came across our email. I was like, we need to have her because this is great. So <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I've had a few people actually that haven't read The Sanatorium. And I said it's a standalone. So it's kind of absolutely fine. But it will probably be quite interesting to go back and kind of read yeah. The Sanatorium from there and see how sort of Ellen got to that point, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Like I was looking up different stuff online and I saw that Ellen was in the sanatorium. And so I texted Maggie and was like, can you tell me about her in this? Because she's the overlapping <laughs> character. <laughs> and, oh, and so she did. That. And we're like, we were comparing it. And so it was very exciting. I'm definitely going to have to go back and read the sanatorium. Thank you. Yeah. But today we're talking about the retreat. Shall we start with a synopsis of it? Yeah, of course. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so it's another kind of murder mystery similar to the sanatorium. And like kind of we said, it can be read as a standalone or as kind of almost a follow on. It's not necessarily a sequel because the story continues after that. But yeah, it's kind of very much sort of a follow on um, following Ellen Warner, a detective. But this time she's kind of heading away from the snow, which she uh, finds in the sanatorium. Um, and she's heading to an island off the South Devon coast. Um, and it's island with a bit of a creepy past. Um, it was once home to a serial killer and also home to a boys boarding school, more of which we kind of find out in the book. Um, and yeah, the island um, has been sort of repurposed, shall we say. A luxe retreat has kind of been built on the island um, and interestingly designed by her architect boyfriend, Will. Um, so it's a luxe retreat, kind of you've got yoga, you've got the paddle boarding, all of these great activities. But obviously there's a bit of a dark past. And Ellen kind of uh, stumbles on a bit of a case when um, a woman's body's found on the rocks below the yoga pavilion and it all starts from there. Yeah, yeah. It's intense. Oh, my gosh. The plot twist, the character deaths. I was like, oh, I know who this is. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. And then the second one that happened, I was like, no, no, I know who this is. And then it wasn't. I was like, what is happening right now? It was excellent. Um, oh, wonderful. That's honestly music to my ears. If you're kind of saying you thought one person and then thought another, I kind of, yes, that's good. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and then at one point I was trying to figure out who the killer was and, and I briefly considered who it ended up being, but then I was like, nah, it's not them. Like there's no motive there. <laughs> I was like, no. Music to my ears. <laughs> so it was great. It was great when everything was revealed. And I was like, I was right at first, but then I was wrong. Um, so it was, it was fun. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah. So to start us off with our questions portion, in your free time, which I'm sure you have much of, I'm as you're <laughs> yeah. not writing, I know we laugh. Um, what is your favorite genre to read? Yeah, it probably is. I kind of read really widely. So I kind of like everything from sort of family dramas to poetry, kind of a real mix. But I do love thrillers. I kind of think thrillers sort of, um, they aren't mood reading for me. I think some things are really dependent on if I have concentration or if I'm tired. But I'd say sort of the page turning sort of pacey thing of a thriller, whatever mood I'm in, I can kind of pick up a thriller and just love reading it. So yeah, probably thrillers overall. I love that. And then do you ever like, 
nitpick little things out of thrillers that you read. You're like, oh, this is this is good. I want to use that. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of that's one of the things, actually. It's nice when you've kind of had a break away from your own writing. But I often find now kind of as an author, you read slightly differently to when you were just a reader. So you're kind of picking things apart and going, oh, I like how they did that. Or mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely elements that you think, oh, that's so clever. <laughs> that's amazing. So what was your inspiration for the retreat? It's it's another locked room mystery, just being like it's in one setting. It's not necessarily just one room, but they can't go anywhere. They're stuck on this island, just like they're, they're stuck in the sanatorium. Um, what was your inspiration? Yeah, I really just love, for me, I love personally love reading kind of locked room thrillers. I remember as a kid kind of loving all of the Agatha Christie sort of books and then watching all the sort of TV mm-hmm. ad- adaptations. I just think there's something really special about the sort of idea that they can't escape and kind of what that does to the characters. I think it kind of creates such a tension when you know that, yeah, there's no way off that place. So you kind of feel the sort of time pressure. You feel their kind of innate fear at that. It's just it's just grip- thrilling. But actually the island itself um, is based on an island, not very far from where I live (laughs) from one of like our windows you can almost see um but yeah this island is sort of quite close to the mainland so in the book I've sort of sent it a little bit further away Mm -hmm. um, so it's harder to reach kind of like 20 minutes away from anywhere by boat and it actually has like a rocky outcrop um on the island it isn't it isn't a reaper which we find out in the book but it's kind of called a thatcher rock which is kind of um a person sort of thatching a roof and it kind of really got me kind of thinking about the power of kind of physical landmarks and kind of the superstition around them and the creepy side of things here in the UK we have Stonehenge which yeah lots of sort of symbolism associated to it so I kind of really wanted to have that sort of rich history on the island sort of running alongside the contemporary thread that's amazing oh that's so cool I love that the island is near you so you're like I'm gonna write a book about you and 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 it was literally as a a child I was like kind of nearly born actually (laughs) overlooking this rock so it's like somewhere I've always kind of thought about and even my kids are like oh my gosh that's the rock from like films they've seen and they kind of project all these kind of ideas about it so it's something I've always wanted to write about. Oh I love that. (laughs) Just quickly about locked rooms have you ever done escape rooms like is that something that you've ever tried? (laughs) Oh my God, that's such a good question. I have only ever done one and it was last year. And here in the UK, we had one week where there was an absolute heat wave, but we were on holiday and we booked this escape room and you would not believe. We were like trying to obviously puzzle it out. It was so fun, but I have a touch of claustrophobia anyway. And it was only amplified by the fact it was literally must've been like 30 something degrees in this room. So there was this real tension of we need to get out. But no, I do. I love it. I love the whole puzzling aspect. And I think as an author um that sort of puzzle aspect is actually really fun to write i know readers love locked room mysteries for the fact that they're kind of puzzling it out looking mm-hmm. at clues and kind of looking back but as an author there's the sort of mental challenge in writing the book like that as well it's so fun <laughs> oh that that's so fun just the escape room and then also writing the locked rooms i was just wondering if if you had so with the retreat do you have any favorite lines or sections of the book that you'd like to share or that were just what was your favorite part yeah I think it's probably how 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 long would you like me to I've got a couple of bits um you can take as long as you want yeah I've got like one section which I think probably is kind of the bit where you start to realise things is uh, going quite b- kind of badly for the guests mm-hmm. that are on the island. In the book, we follow not only Ellen, but we also follow Hannah, um, who's part of a family group that's on holiday at the retreat. So I'll just read if it's OK, just kind of sure. a, a page. Absolutely. Um, so 
Her eyes, so she's just reached the yoga pavilion. At the top, she sees a group of guests milling around the yoga pavilion. More people are joining and she cranes her head to see what they're looking at. Her eyes taking everything at once. The twisted snarl of blue and white tape strung up around the pavilion. The solemn member of the Lumen staff in front of it. In front of it. But what strikes her most is the flash of colour. The only colour against the muted neutral of the pavilion floor. There's a strange moment when her eyes focus in and then out on the crinkled plastic bag. The bright, bold fabric folded up inside it. She feels herself growing hotter, not only from the sun on her face, but from the realisation dawning on her. It's the wrap Joe wore last night, the one their mother had brought them back from holiday in Liguria. Splashy, bold colours like paint splotches. But why would it be here? She notices a man beside it, dressed in one of those crinkly white suits. It's then it all comes together in her head. The man in the blue and white tape and the fabric all squished in the bag. She feels seasick, lightheaded, as if the island had suddenly become a boat and the ground beneath her were moving. Hannah takes a breath and then another, feels herself sway, and she actually puts her arms out to steady herself. She registers that the man's mouth is now opening, saying something, but she can't hear it. Only the gulls as they crisscross overhead and the roaring of the blood in her ears. Hannah jerks forward towards the pavilion. Two steps in and she slips. Her shoes, her strappy sandals that she chose because they had a flash of something cool and young about them, have completely flat soles. The fine layer of sand on the path acts like oil. A strange comic split, her left leg splayed. Straightening, she starts moving again, pushing through the crowd of people gathered outside. The member of staff guarding the pavilion puts out an arm to stop her, but Hannah throws the full weight of her body forward and his arm gives way. She bursts into the pavilion, half running, half walking, towards the white-suited man by the balustrade on the far side. He turns, eyes widening in surprise. He puts up a mouth, uh, puts up his hand, mouth moving in slow motion. No, he says, and it reverberates in her head big and boomy and exaggerated like she's hearing it underwater. It's only when her eyes find the little sharpened arrows on the glass, glass balustrade that it all comes together. Ste- stepping towards the balustrade, she leans, waist pressed against the glass, looking down at the rocks below. Her eyes skim past the man and a white-suited woman to the body slumped on the ground. A black dress, fair hair splayed across the rock. Hannah's breath catches in her throat. In her head, she's kicking and screaming like a child, lung-bursting screams that make her throat roar. When her breath finally comes, it's as a gasp. She's dead. Her sister is dead. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right, right. And that's like right before the next plot twist of 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 everything. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um (laughs) I have to say one of my favorite parts was actually just the most terrifying to me, uh, which is when she is trying to get the bag from the diving experience and then there's there's seaweed that starts like pulling her down or it's like wrapped around her and I was immediately just like going crazy because that's something I'm absolutely terrified of is like being in water you can't see the bottom and something grabbing me from below like it it really got to me I was like oh no she's gonna die I'm so glad she didn't um and that it was just seaweed I have to say I'm with you there honestly I really have these nightmares in it and here we have like these again very similar to how I described in the book, these kind of like huge ropes of seaweed standing up from the bottom. And when I'm kayaking, sometimes they like wrap around my paddle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of always like you say, if you can't see beneath, uh, yeah, what is lurking there? Right, right. <laughs> like, what is it? It's, oh, so yeah, that was, that was maybe my favorite part. But do you have a favorite character in the book? I mean, this is Ellen's second book. So I was just kind of thinking it might be Ellen. 
But who is your favorite character? And is that character the most similar to you or or Ooh, what? That's, yeah, that's a really good question. I think probably, yeah, I, I love Ellen because obviously, yeah, she kind of features in both books and there's definitely elements of myself in Ellen, though not everything. I think people do assume sometimes that you are kind of the character. So people say, are those fears, your fears and that kind of thing? Right, no, right. Definitely elements. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this book, probably Hannah, actually, I kind of really sort of empathise with her sort of role within the family. I think as sort of one of um, three sisters and I'm one of three sisters but my sisters aren't like the ones in the book oh good <laughs> um, but no I think that kind of role she inhabits where she's kind of like almost the steadying force between the two um, I sort of empathized a little bit with that not necessarily as myself but for one of my other sisters um, and yeah I just think she's kind of like quite a warm character I think she's dealing with sort of two very extremes on either side with her sisters and sort of how she mm-hmm. tries to pull them together and how she sort of put up with stuff from both of them but yeah I kind of admire her as a character yeah yeah Hannah has such an interesting vibe like I when I first started reading the book kind of I would get Hannah and Ellen mixed up just because they're both very empathetic characters and so then like once once I started realizing okay this is Ellen and this is Hannah that was easier for me but um they're just they're so they're cool they they have like gentleness but also they're very strong but also they're going through something and just to like watch that whole thing go throughout the book was was excellent um thank you yeah so we're gonna switch over into more process questions how would you say your how would you describe your writing process do you have yeah, a different th- one for each book or is it the same? Yeah, probably actually. I think with the sanatorium as a kind of debut, you don't have the kind of deadlines and things you obviously have with a second book when you're mm-hmm. kind of under contract. So it was probably quite a different writing uh, process. I did a lot of sort of research, probably like six months or so before I started writing the book. Whereas I think with the retreat, I kind of had the idea for a little while and kind of more or less plunged into the writing. But I'm definitely um, a plotter rather than a pantser. I kind of do a little bit of both because I think you need to kind of have room to sort of once you get to know the characters, have certain elements crop up. But um, I kind of definitely need to know the beginning and the middle of the mm-hmm. middle and the end before I start writing. Um, and I think with a thriller, it is quite important because I think you kind of almost how I work anyway is to sort of have every chapter kind of moving that plot along. And I think if you haven't planned it, you could kind of, well, I definitely would find myself meandering a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I kind of very much sort of, um, yeah, plotted in advance. But it was quite tricky, the process of writing The Retreat, because it was during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I had two kind of young children at home. And, yeah, we were homeschooling and juggling right. between the two. So um, usually I'd like to write when the children are at school and kind of get my writing done in the day. But it was really just sort of grabbing time whenever I could. And I'm sure as kind of every mum would kind of <laughs> yeah. with you. Kind of oh, have man. to do that with your job anyway and life. But yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I helped with distance learning and was just like, wow, I can't even imagine if there were if there were like parents that were also having to work from home and figure out all of their stuff. And then also there's these kids that can't really like get their schedule on their own because they're just like slightly <laughs> too young and there's a lot of weird stuff going on. So kudos to you for <laughs> for getting getting that that down <laughs> that's yeah, I had my youngest couldn't even really hold the mouse to sort of direct the computer oh. so I was literally like every lesson my hand over her hand 
<laughs> moving the mouse around. So yeah, I didn't get so much writing done, I'll be honest, during that time. <laughs> well, I mean, no one really got a ton done during that time, I don't think. Good, that makes so no one blames you. <laughs> <laughs> so for the researching portions, there's like tons of police procedure in it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a thriller and Ellen is a, is a detective. What kind of prior knowledge did you have or what did you have to research? How much did you have to research for for that? Yeah, a lot, actually. Um, I really it's an area I don't really know anyone kind of personally that has been a detective. So I didn't really have any background knowledge, but it's I have a really great guy called um, Stuart Gibbon, actually, who's a retired murder detective here in the UK who um, I use as like a sounding board. So he's got this amazing source of knowledge on just about everything because he's investigated kind of lots of murders himself. So, um, yeah, I the very sort of early initial stages, I kind of bounced a lot of ideas off him because I think it's really scary as the writers kind of go into a plot line and then realise that actually that's not really plausible, mm-hmm. that wouldn't work. So, yeah, I bounce those initial ideas off him. And then sort of as the book progresses, more and more questions come up. So he has to kind of be very patient as I sort of send lots of emails and then I'm like, Stuart, can we have another phone call? <laughs> um, and go through it all. But yeah, he's he's invaluable. And I genuinely sort of couldn't write the book without him because I'm a little bit clueless without that sort of expert insight. <laughs> no, I love that. So how did you meet Stuart? You just know a retired murder detective? Or... No, it's kind of online, actually. He's actually got a business, which is really, I think it's great for him kind of in his sort of retirement from the police. He actually has a business advising authors. So um, he's written like three or four books um, on police procedure and kind of, yeah, how to kind of, if you were writing a, a detective novel or police police procedural, how you'd investigate a murder, how it would work, um, all the details. So um, yeah, he, he has a business doing this. So um, it's great. And I kind of sort of found him online. That's excellent. I wouldn't have even thought of doing something like that. I mean, I'm not a retired police detective, but that's smart. If I was, I would. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that good business. <laughs> yeah. So this probably has a long, long answer to it, but uh, and you've probably been asked this a lot, but what made you decide to become a writer? I think it's something I it was less of a decision it's just something I've always kind of known I wanted to do I started off reading as a kid like quite early I think and I just was a voracious reader I kind of used to come away from the library with a huge stack and then I had to like borrow my mother's library card to have more Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so yeah I've always been a really voracious reader and then kind of I wanted to become I think from something about the age of five I actually found like a piece of work where I said I want to be a book writer I hadn't learned the word was author Um, so yeah it's always been sort of percolating away and then like I went to university to study English and creative writing, um, which was quite new at the time. Here in the UK, we didn't have so many courses like English literature courses that incorporated the writing side of it. Um, And that was great. But then I kind of, at that stage, I didn't feel I had so much to say, if that makes sense. I hadn't Mm -hmm. had a lot of life experience. So I kind of did lots of jobs and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I kind of started off writing short fiction. And it was only really when I sort of had my younger daughter and I had a bit of time on maternity leave which sounds strange but when their babies are tiny they kind of obviously sleep a lot yeah yeah I started sort of writing more and then sort of putting things in for competitions and magazines um and yeah that sort of led me on to writing the novel so yeah kind of a little bit in between sort of work and then coming back to writing (laughs) well I mean it definitely worked out for you the sanatorium (laughs) is a Reese Reese's book club pick it's it's amazing so (laughs) 
uh, question. Did you get to meet Reese Witherspoon when you learned this? Like, just tell me everything. Well, <laughs> well actually, you don't kind of, I, I don't know if it's different for every author, but I didn't immediately as part of the pick, but it was kind of very soon afterwards because she was launching her Reese's Book Club app and she kind of did a sort of virtual launch to all of her authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had a bit of a slightly embarrassing moment, actually. Um, I'll be honest. Um, I, this was during the height of lockdown when Zoom was quite new. Um, and my daughter had been using Zoom um, and she changed the Zoom profile photo to something quite strange. Um, oh, no. And yeah, I kind of logged into the Zoom call, uh, not really realising there was like a strange <laughs> cat, I think. Um, and then I remember Reese and her call, is it Sarah, is that you? <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, yeah. So I did. And she is lovely. <laughs> oh, my but yeah. I had a slightly yeah. embarrassing moment. And I was sort of thinking to my daughter, oh, my gosh. <laughs> No, that's memorable though. That's that's yes, yes. so cute. Oh my gosh. Uh that's so cool that you got to actually meet Reese. Yeah, well virtually, but it was it was just amazing and she is just I genuinely can't say enough good things, you know, how the exposure sort of her recommendation gives the book is just beyond anything that you could imagine. And so not just in the US, but like here in the UK and sort of all over the world. I'm just yeah, hugely grateful. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So we're coming slightly to the end, which I mean, this went by so fast, but hardest question of this entire chat. What is your favorite novel? Oh my gosh, I honestly, oh, I don't, it's really hard because there are so many and also it changes, I think, depending on kind of, yeah, my mood and how I'm feeling about sort of um, mm-hmm. my reading in general. But I'd probably say my favourite book, and it's one that I recommend to everyone, and one that I also kind of listen to on audiobook over and over, which is probably a sign that it is my best one, because I like listening to both. It's called The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters, and it's like a ghost story, a historical ghost story. Um, and it was one of the books that inspired the sanatorium um, in some ways, because there's a sort of house in it called Hundreds Hall, which is a sort of crumbling, decaying house um, that sort of is so atmospheric and sort of becomes a character in the book. Um, and that really kind of, yeah, inspired the sanatorium, how I sort of wanted to build it as a character in readers' mind. So, yeah, that's the book I sort of press into everybody's hands. Oh, I love that. How did you end up finding that? Like, how did you come across it at first? Do you remember? I th- yeah, I think I'd kind of read another one of her books, actually. Um, and it was kind of, yeah, I think I'd sort of followed two or three of her novels. Um, and it was just sort of next on my reading list. And I had another book of hers that I loved. And then this quickly kind of supplanted it. I was just like, it has everything. And I didn't, yeah, it's a ghost story, sort of unlike any other. It's kind of, by the end, you're sort of wondering, was that a ghost story? Or was it kind of almost like within the characters? Oh, you mind it? Oh, yeah, it's so, so clever. Very ah, well, excellent. So if people want to find you anywhere, where can they find you? Where are your books? Your books are everywhere. That's a silly question. But where can they find you if they would like to hear more yeah. from you? Oh, no worries at all. Um, yeah, I'm mainly on Instagram, actually, at Sarah Pierce Author. Um, I'm on TikTok as well, but kind of, yeah, much more sort of active on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So, but yeah, Instagram's sort of where I'm mainly at. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. TikTok is a really weird place to be, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I feel, I don't know whether I've, I'm too old for it, maybe. I don't know. Um, no. Kind of, yeah, I it's, don't know. it's intimidating. It's, it's like scary, yeah. honestly. Everyone is so good in that you're just like, I just want to show off my book and... <laughs> Yeah, that's here it is. Like, <laughs> graphics and kind of like 
professional style filming and I'm like wow. right like we are not there yet the learning curve <laughs> I've already kind of got Instagram reels down I'm like I can't do anything else right? oh my gosh I totally get it all right do you have any final thoughts for our listeners before we we head on out only that I kind of yeah thanks for listening and I hope they really enjoy their books and I'd love to hear their theories on kind of yeah at the end we have sort of like a, a sort of mystery character love mm-hmm. to hear their theories because he sort of appears in the sanatorium so yeah just hope you enjoy yeah that's a very good point I remembered that person and was like Tell me more. Um, (laughs) um, Great. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking with me, Sarah. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Well, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family members. If you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. I'm off to read a series of unfortunate events, The Wide Window, for my current Patreon series, A Summary of Unfortunate Events, where I do a deep dive into the infamous series by Lemony Snicket. If you're interested in joining our awesome novel friends on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, at Novel Finds Podcast. Thank you so much for being a novel friend. We'll see you all in next week. <laughs> Bye! Bye!